Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. Uh, we have a special guest here uh, this morning. We had a prophetic workshop over the weekend, and, um, and then Bethany uh, spoke last night, and it was powerful, incredible message, and we have Dan McCullum with us this morning, and Dano is an apostolic prophetic father and just carries just a real movement and a father's heart. And he is such a blessing to this house and to so many around the planet, honestly. But we have the ability to pull out of him what he's carrying and even more than he thought he was going to bring this morning. So can you join me in welcoming this father in the spirit up as he's going to share with us this morning. Love you, Dano. Thanks for being here. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. We've been uh, doing kind of an identity weekend, and I'm going to continue in that pathway today. Um, Bethany shared last night on three ways that you can access your heavenly um, identity, and and maybe I should speak for just a moment again about what heavenly identity is. Did you did you know that right now you're having an out of body experience? Yeah, you are. I mean, some of you are like, yeah, I'm daydreaming. I'm not here. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the one that it speaks about in Colossians chapter 3, where it says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And um, this scripture, I think, is so powerful, and it's, it's an amazing command when it comes to this issue of identity, because kind of going back to that idea of, of the living on the wrong side of the cross, relating to the dead Jesus, what happened to me, you guys, is that I believe Jesus died for me. But I didn't fully understand that Jesus died as me and I died with him on the cross. And, and that was the turning point, honestly. Jesus died for me is good news. I mean, that will get you forgiven and will get you into heaven. That's, that's good. All right? But Jesus died as me means I died too. See, the cross was a mass murder. The scripture literally says that we believe Christ died for all, therefore everybody died. The cross was a mass murder where we all died with Christ on the cross. Not just so we could be forgiven of sin, but so we could be freed from the power of sin. See, the, your death and burial with Christ through baptism is your closure with your old nature. It's your ability to say that life is gone. Not just painted over, not just covered up, not just forgiven, and then sent back in to give it another try. That life is over, Rover. You are dead. But it doesn't stop there. See, and this is what 
changes Christianity from just a belief system or a religion into an actual encounter with the resurrection power of Holy Spirit. Because the good news doesn't end there. The good news is that when Christ ascended, you ascended with him. You were resurrected as well. You became a new creation in Christ Jesus. Y'all are so quiet. You're looking at me funny. It's like, I don't know. I know you know this. Because I, I know these guys. I know what they preach. But, but yeah, you should inform your face that this is good news. You really should. Like, at least send your face an email. Like, I don't need it. You do, honestly. I'll take a picture. I'll show you what, what I'm experiencing up here. So here's the problem. Most Christians still have a present tense relationship with sin and a future tense relationship with resurrection. But the scripture puts us in a past tense relationship with sin and a present tense relationship with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, it's not just a belief system. It's not just a religion. It's not just something we believe, okay, and, and like, you believe this, I believe this, you know, she believes this. Who cares about all that today? That's not what we're talking about. We're saying Christianity is an encounter where your nature is changed from one form to another. It's an encounter where you die to your old self and become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And guys, that's a whole different message. That's a whole different life. And when we talk about uh, your prophetic identity or your heavenly identity, what we're saying is, what does that new creation look like? See, if you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, you're more familiar with the old than you are with the new. And so many times you keep living out of the old by default because you lack revelation, you lack, you lack a compelling vision of what your new creation actually looks like. And so we, we live beneath our privilege, we live beneath our authority. And even when we try to do the supernatural, it's kind of like the seven sons of Sceva. Alright, so these guys, it says in the Bible, in, in the book of Acts, it says, now there were some... Jewish guys that were going out and casting out devils. That's what it says. They were casting out devils in the name of Jesus. And it said, among them were seven sons of the high priest Sceva. And so these guys went up to a guy and they said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. And when they said that, the demon didn't come out. He actually rose up and he said, Jesus, I know. And Paul I know, but who do you think you are? But who do you think you are? And then it says, the demonized man beat them naked. That's a beating, man. I mean, I don't know what they were wearing. <laughs> I, I was in some fights when I was young. Some I won, some I lost, but I ain't never been beat naked. Like, I don't even know what that looks like. And there were seven of them. 
and it says they were beat naked. That's a beaten. And, and, they, and they got sent off running. <laughs> and, and so I've heard it preached, well, they didn't, they didn't really know Jesus. It was a form of relations. It was a form of religion without relationship with Jesus. And I've heard people say that. And that could be true. The Bible doesn't say. But what the Bible says is that there were some Jews that were casting out devils. I think they'd done it before. I think they just got a hold of somebody of a little bit higher order. I've encountered that myself. I got to be honest with you. I was in India one time and I was doing a prayer line and, and I went to this one guy, little skinny guy, about 90, 99 pounds. I pray for him. He goes out in the spirit and I hear the Holy Spirit say, wait a minute. So I waited a minute and he stood back up and I discerned that there was an unclean spirit and I've cast out hundreds of devils in, in India and it usually goes good and easy. Because they're often invited in, okay? They're often invited in, so they come out easy. And, um, and so I didn't have an interpreter around. I thought, I'll just take care of this. And so I leaned over and I said, I rebuke you, foul spirit, in Jesus' name. He didn't speak English. I'm talking to the demon. I rebuke you, foul spirit, in Jesus' name. Just come out. He puts two fingers in my chest and throws me 30 feet across the, the tent. I'm not kidding. The pastor said, I passed her in a plank position, head high. And she goes, oh, that can't be good. <laughs> I landed on the ground, jumped up, ran back. Honestly, I tackled the guy, which you shouldn't do. Like, I don't recommend this. And then things got messy, but yeah, yeah, he cast me out first. (laughs) Then I actually asked the Lord what I should do. He gave me the instructions and everything turned out okay. There's more to the story, but that's the short version. Because our point is the seven sons of Sceva here. So they get beat naked. They go running off bloody and naked. And um, I think the key was in the question. Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And because they didn't know who they were. When you don't know your heavenly identity, you don't have your heavenly authority. And sometimes we have all the faith in the world in Christ, but no faith in Christ in you. But Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Having faith in Christ, did you know the scripture says, you believe in Christ. Good. Even the demons believe that. Don't you want to have more faith than a demon? It would come in handy. In those kind of situations. It says faith without works is dead. 
Faith without acting on it is dead. And how do we act on it? Listen, you can't just act on your faith in Christ. You have to act on your faith of Christ in you. You have to act on the faith of the new creation. When you come up to pray for somebody in a supernatural event, whether they're having a family crisis, whether they need healing, whether they need deliverance, whether it's a financial problem, and all of a sudden you begin to assess, am I qualified to do this? Have I prayed enough? Have I fasted enough? Have I whatever? And you begin to measure yourself. Do you realize that what you're doing is throwing off the authority of your new creation? And you're trying to measure it by the old standard of your personal performance. Listen, self-righteousness will get no one there. Your performance is not what gives you authority. It is what Christ has done in you and for you. It starts with Jesus. It ends with Jesus. He's the author and the finisher. Listen, we were in, we were in Fiji one time. And uh, we had two teams there. One was a healing team and the other was a building team. And they were actually building this 7,000 seat facility. It's the largest building in uh, South Pacific outside of Australia. And, uh, and so they're laying carpet in, in this building that seats 7,000 people. And, um, and so we had this night and, and it was packed out. 7,000 people were there. And, and we had, in that night, we had 32 blind people healed. We had deaf people healed. I mean, just, it was, it was a powerful meeting. And, but we didn't have enough prayer team. We only had 20 people on the healing team and thousands came forward. And so I turned to the guys on the construction team and I'm like, you're gonna have to help us. Now there was one guy with us in his late 40s, Greg, and he literally came, he's a carpet layer, so he came to help, but he literally came for the surf. They have great surf in Fiji. And he was a surfer dude from California. And, uh, and so I'm like, dude, you're gonna have to help pray. And he's like, oh, no, I don't do that, man. Like, that's, that's not my, I, I came for the waves, you know? And, and you just told me I had to lay carpet. And I'm like, no, it's okay. Like, you can do this, you know? He's a Christian, but, you know, hadn't really you know, done any of this stuff before. And it was just laid there to lay the carpet and catch the waves. And I'm like, man, it's just easy. Just say, be healed in Jesus' name. <laughs> you know, like we only had seconds because thousands of people were for it. And he's like, okay, I'll try. So I'm up on the platform. The platform's like eight feet high. By the way, I had to wear the traditional Sulu, which is a man skirt. And they gave me, you know, to honor me, they put all these flowers around my neck. And I swear every bug in Fiji was like, I don't know if I was the honor or the human sacrifice, like the bug repellent. They were all coming to me and I'm trying to figure out how to sit on a stage in a skirt. I've never done this before. It's very uncomfortable. So I'm not feeling myself anyway, but I look down and... And Greg's standing there, and he's, he's kind of, whoa. And, and I see the first person coming to him is blind. <laughs> like, they have the cane, and they're walking to him. And he sees it, too. And he looks up at me, and I'm like, you know. And, 
He's looking side to side like, somebody help me. This is my first time, you know. There's nobody around to help him. He just reaches out and he's like, oh, be healed in the name of Jesus. How are you now? And she's like, I can see. He's like, you can't. And he's totally freaking out. Greg taught me a lesson that day on how to put no confidence in the flesh, but in Christ alone. Come on. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It, it, it's the fact that through your, your new creation, through your resurrection, you have been resurrected with Christ. Listen, too many times we're addressing our reality from our former identity. And what we have to do is we have to address our reality from our heavenly identity. Who is that person that is seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus? What do they look like? What is their faith level? Come on, what is their authority level? What is their favor level? When we talk about practically how do we live in our heavenly identity? What we're saying is, if you could see who you are there, if you could see who you are there as a finished work in Christ Jesus, totally confident, totally secure, not a fear in the world, not an ounce of insecurity, inferiority, not an ounce of worrying about what you have been, what you haven't been, but just resting in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the glory of your new creation. This is the glory of what God has actually done in the work of salvation. And it's time for the church to get a present tense relationship with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because his resurrection is your resurrection. His ascension is your ascension. His glorification is your glorification. It didn't stop at the cross. It started there. That's what this scripture says, you guys. I'm going to read it again now that we've talked a bit. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Did you hear that? That's a past tense thing. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden in the ascended, resurrected, glorified Christ. That's who you are and where you are is in the person of Jesus Christ right now. And what would happen if we began to address every challenge in life from the authority of our heavenly identity? What if, what if we could see ourselves in the person of Jesus Christ, hidden in the person of Christ? Paul was frustrated about this, and I love this verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. All right, that was Colossians 3 that I read from, 1 through 3. Now we're going to read 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. 
Okay, we'll probably go down to four as well. And Paul is actually challenging the Corinthian church here. And this is what he's saying. And Corinth was the most supernatural church, really, you know, flowing in the things of God. And he said, brothers and sisters, I couldn't address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. Now, that interpretation, worldly, is actually a bad interpretation. He's not actually saying worldly, like you're acting like worldly people. The, the interpretation that would be better in the Greek language is earthlings. No, I'm serious. You're acting earthly. All right, and, and I'll, I'll show it to you. I mean, I could show it to you in the Greek, but, but that would get boring, so um, look it up yourself. All right? But he goes, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready because you're still worldly. Now, again, worldly does not mean you're acting like the world. Worldly, in this case, means of the earth. That's literally what it means, of the earth. There's things I wanted to share with you, Paul said, but I couldn't give you the meat. I had to give you the milk because you're acting like babies and you're acting like earthlings. That's what he said. And then he says, you're still worldly for since there's jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not earthly? Are you not acting like mere humans? What? Wait a minute. Come on. Because I know you've probably said this or thought this before. What do you want from me, God? I'm only human. What do you want from me? I'm only human. I'm just a man. And Paul is saying, there's things I want to share with you, but as long as you're acting like an earthling, I can't share them with you. Are you not acting like mere humans? Now, come on. My, my mama accused me when I was younger of acting like an animal. <laughs> me and my brother. But I've never been accused of acting like a human until now in Scripture. It's like God is saying, there's things I want to share with you. But if you think you're an earthling... And you're just acting like a human, you're not going to get this. Because the new creation means you are sons and daughters of God. You have been made partakers of the divine nature. We've got to quit thinking of Christianity as some recycling program. Where God just cleans you up and sends you back in for another, for another round. Guys, that's not what it looks like. And, and, and that's why when I was a young evangelical, I would get saved every week. I would like every altar go, yes, yes. Every single time. And I loved when people preached about sin and they preached hell hot. Why? Because the only way I could feel God is through conviction. And that is living worldly. That is living like infants. 
That's relating to the death of Jesus, but not the life of Jesus. And you'll never manifest authority, favor. You'll never manifest the opportunities that you're supposed to have on this earth if you're living from this earth. Listen, the Lord's prayer is also personal and relational. You can pray all day, Lord, may it be on earth as it is in heaven. And that prayer takes no responsibility whatsoever. I'm not saying it's a bad prayer. Of course it's not. Jesus taught that prayer. But until you say, may I be on earth as I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then you aren't going to see on earth what is going on in heaven. Because you're plan A and there's no plan B. Listen, once Jesus did what he did, you are plan A and there's no plan B. And you can believe all day long, oh, let revival come. God, let revival happen. God, touch our city. And you say it louder and you say it stronger and you say it more desperate. But until you say, Lord, may it be in me as you have said. May I be the source of revival in the earth. Christ in me is the hope of glory. Until you take responsibility of your heavenly man. Not your earthling man. Until you take responsibility of your heavenly man, revival will not happen. Because there is always a catalyst for revival. It's never just the sword of the Lord. It's always the sword of the Lord and a Gideon. So let's talk about Gideon for a moment. Gideon is a dude who's hiding out threshing wheat in a wine press. Why? Because every time he gets a little something on the earth, every time he can store up something, the Amorites come and they invade and they steal it away and they take everything that they have. And so he's like, I'm going to just try to get enough for my family. Listen, you can't thresh much wheat in a wine press. It's not that big of a place. But if I could just get a little bit for my family, if I could just take care of my family, and all of a sudden, an angel shows up. Angel of the Lord shows up and goes, greetings, mighty warrior. Mighty warrior? I don't even own a sword. I'm not even in the army. I'm the youngest guy in my family in the smallest tribe of the smallest of the 12 tribes. Like, I am the least of the least of the least. I'm a nobody. Why are you showing up to me? Why are you mocking me like this? I mean, I'm sure he felt almost a little bit like I'm finally having an angel encounter and he's making fun of me. I'm, I'm hiding out and he's like, mighty warrior. What, what, what is that about? See, how you're known on heaven and how you're known on earth are two entirely different things. Gideon wasn't about to become a mighty warrior. He was about to manifest who he already was in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Prophecy is not so much something you need to do but something that reveals who you are so that you start acting like it. The doing comes out of the being. You're not a human doing, you're a human being. 
But the earth way is to live like a human doing. In other words, to be defined by your performance, to be defined by your vocation, to be defined by your history. And I'm telling you that it's time to quit letting your history be the prophet, the prophet of your destiny. It's time to allow who heaven says you are to pull you out of the muck and the mire of earthly limitation. Because you got wings. You were made to fly. You were made to run and not grow weary. You were made to walk and to not faint. You were made to rise up with wings like eagles. That's what you were created for. That's what you were made for. But you can't taste those things on the milk of earthly living and earthly thinking. You, you, you don't get those things. You have to keep getting milk as long as you're acting like an earthling. As long as you're acting like a mere human. And I looked this up in the Greek. What's mere human? Does it mean what it says? And it's like anthropos. I mean, you can't get more human than that. It's like the scientific categorization of the human species. It's like, quit acting like an earthling. Quit acting like a mere human. Do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you not know what, what that word temple is tricky? You guys, what does it mean? It temple, it's talking about the three court temple where there was an outer court that people washed and sacrificed. There was an inner court where people began to experience the goodness of the Lord. And then through curtain number two, there was the place of all God. The highest manifestation, the highest concentration of the manifest presence of God on planet earth was behind curtain number two. And only one person could go there once a year into this place of all God. And every Israelite dreamed of that place. What would it be like to go through that veil into the place of all God? Into the place of the highest concentration of the love, the presence, the power, the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. What would that be like? And everybody dreamed of that. When Jesus died on the cross, it says in scripture that that veil, which veil? Not the first veil, not the, not the veil on the outer court. Not even the veil on the inner court, but the veil on the most holy place ripped from top to bottom because it was ripped from heaven to earth. And what was behind curtain number two came out. And where did it go? <sighs> Into the believer. The highest concentration of the manifest presence of God on planet earth. That every Israelite longed to experience. That's what lives inside of you. And every time it's posed in scripture, it's posed as a question. Don't you know this? Don't you know this? Don't you know this? Why? Because we don't know this. Because we know it up here, but we don't know it in here. So it doesn't hit here. Doesn't hit our feet. It doesn't hit our hands. And we keep living in worldly, earthly limitation because we think that this is just a belief system. We think that God just forgave us and cleaned us up and sent us back in for another try. And so we keep living in an endless cycle of being on the wrong side of what Christ has done. 
But listen, I'm telling you that today you can identify. And I'm not saying you're not saved. I was saved, absolutely. Forgiveness purchased my salvation. But I'm telling you what, there's a difference between you getting into heaven and heaven getting into you. And it's time for heaven to get into you. It's, it's time for you to quit living like a mere human. When you've been made partakers of the divine nature. And when you confront a situation that's above your pay grade. You remember who you are in Christ Jesus. When you confront a situation that's too big. And too, and too heavy. And too hard. You remember who you are in Christ Jesus. My earth man can't handle this. But my heaven man can see exactly what's going on. He can see the end and he can see the beginning and he's got everything he needs to make it through to the end. I'm telling you that there is an authority in your heavenly identity that is not just a philosophy, it's a reality. And if you're gonna come in to manifesting heaven on earth, if you're gonna be the revival, not just see the revival, if you're going to live in a place of favor, authority, and influence, it's got to be this. It's got to be if then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where you're now seated in Christ. Set your mind on things above and quit thinking like an earthling. For you died with Christ. And now your life is hidden in him. I'm tired of singing songs that create separation anxiety. You guys don't do it here. But there's so many Christian songs that are like, Jesus, I want you and I need you. And, 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 and it makes it like he's out there and I'm in here. And as long as you do that, you're going to live earthly reality. Because the secret, the secret of this Christianity, listen, Christianity means in Christ. That's what it means. And only an in Christ reality will give you the authority, the identity, the confidence, the favor that you need to live above the norm. It, it, that's the only thing that'll do it. And it's like I sit in church services along, around the world where people are still crying for Jesus to do things that he's already done. They're crying for him to come. They're crying for him to touch him. They're, and, and they're excellent beggars. They're horrible believers. And we've got to get out of a beggar mentality and we've got to realize that what was done for us on the cross and, and the promise that Jesus made to us, I will come in. And listen, no matter how good you think you are at following Christ, Christ is really good at possessing you. Like God is good at what he does. And when you said, God, come in and take me, whew, he didn't even wait a millisecond. He came in and possessed every fiber of your being and began deifying your nature. He began making you a partaker of the divine nature and you switched from a son of Adam to a son of God. You literally changed form to something different. But when we don't know it, when we don't understand it, we keep sucking down the milk thinking we're awesome but not really doing anything. Chris Valentin said, most of us just watch movies about people doing awesome things. 
And we're kind of living vicariously through their victories. Because we don't know who we are. And Paul said, there are things I would share with you. If you were acting like, and here's the word, pneumaticas. What's pneumaticas? Pneuma is spirit. Ticas is sons and daughters. If you knew you were sons and daughters of the spirit, sons and daughters of God, there are secrets I could share with you that would transform our reality. But I guess we'll just keep staying on milk because you think you're an earthling. You think you're only human. You think, I believe this stuff, and Jesus, will you come and do? Will you come and do? Will you come and do? I'm telling you what, you're part of an apostolic center, and the word apostolic means sent ones. And our reality is not a come and do reality because Jesus already came and did. Our reality is a go and do reality. The disciples were sent to go and do. Go and do everything I did and even greater things will you do. Because I go to the Father. And when I go to the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. You're going to be filled with the same fullness that fills God himself. And I'm going to pull you up with me. And you will be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And as long as you're confronting supernatural challenges from an earthly mentality of I'm just this and Jesus is this. Jesus, won't you please come and help me? I get it. I get it. We've been taught some of that. It sounds logical. It feels logical. But as long as you're living in that place, that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's not what really happened to you. Salvation is not a belief system. It is an encounter where you become born again. And the reason you must be born again is because you have to become a new type of creation. Sons and daughters of the living God. And it's from that reality that you pull your authority. And you can try. You can get all fired up in service to go and do the signs and do the wonders and do the miracles. And sometimes they'll happen, sometimes they won't. Like the sons of Sceva. All right? They had cast out some devils, but they got to one guy that beat them naked. Because they didn't know who they were. Two most important questions in the kingdom of God. And we finish with this. Bethany said it last night. Who do you say that Jesus is? That gets you into the kingdom of God. Do you know this Jesus today? Like do you know him? Have you not only believed upon Jesus. In all the things that he was. But you have encountered Jesus. As your Lord and Savior. If not. Call on the name of the Lord. The scripture says everybody who calls will be saved. That's what it says, guys. Everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, recreated, made new, will become a new creation. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, the old is passed away, the new has come. You have been made a new creation in Christ Jesus when you call upon his name. So that's the first thing. Who is Jesus to you? But the second question That question gets you into heaven. What question gets heaven into you? Who does this Jesus say that you are? And this Jesus in my Bible says 
that I've been seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And that's where I'm to set my mind. And that's where I'm to set my heart. That's the place I'm supposed to live from as a new creation that I'm supposed to, if I want the meat, I got to quit believing like an earthling. I've got to quit acting like a mere human. I've got to believe that this new creation, that being born again is not just a belief system. It's a transformation that happened in my very nature through Christ alone. There's nothing I ever could have done that would have accomplished this. And even on this side, there's nothing I can do to accomplish all this supernatural stuff. But believe. But believe. And begin to act according to that belief system Not as a mere human, (laughs) but as Jesus shared his fully God and fully man with you. Jesus shared his fully God and fully man with you. That's what happened in this new creation. The person Jesus is called the the firstborn among creation. He's called the firstborn of the church of the firstborn. It's interesting, that word in the Greek is prototokos. Prototokos. It says first of sons, basically. All right? But it sounds like our word prototype, doesn't it? Jesus was the prototype of what would come through the new creation. Fully God and fully man. And it's time for you to know who you are and to act like it. It's, it, it, it's, it's time for Christians to quit living off the milk of mere humanity and realize what's really happened through the glory of the new birth and our new creation. Let's stand together. We're going to close. The band, you guys are welcome to come. But Father God, we thank you that the gospel is this good. Ah, (laughs) That the gospel is this beautiful, that the gospel is this powerful. And Father, we want to go from beggarly, from beggarly believing, Lord, to mightily manifesting who you have called us to be as very sons and daughters of God, carrying the very nature of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you that the glories of the cross we've, we just haven't even fathomed yet, Lord God. That, Lord, you shared not only your cross, but your death and your burial. You shared your resurrection with us. You shared your ascension and your glorification with us. And you're waiting for the sons and the daughters of God to long for the meat of their heavenly identity, of their heavenly reality. And, Father, we want to be that tribe. We want to be that people. Lord, we don't want to be the 1 Corinthians 3 people who don't get it. Lord, we want to be those who see it, who hear it, who believe it, who apprehend the realities of what you have done through your death, your burial, your resurrection, your ascension, your glorification. And Lord, we identify we identify with the goodness of who you are. You're in this place today. You don't know Jesus. You, you've never asked him in or you've believed from afar, but you've never had a born again count encounter with Jesus. I want you to just shoot your hand in the air and say, I need Jesus today. 
I'm calling upon the name of the Lord because I know I'll be saved. I'll be changed. I'll be made new. And if that's you, just shoot your hand up and give it a wave. Some people are already worshiping. So I know that your hands, that's a different thing. And I bless you. Hallelujah. But if you just shoot your hand up and give it a little wave so I know, yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for those that right now are surrendering their life to Jesus and having a born-again encounter with you. Lord, we believe you're the Son of God. We believe that you rose from the dead, and we receive that reality into our own life in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you know what? Let's just celebrate with the angels. I'm going to do one more thing, but let's just celebrate with the angels for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo. Whoa. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, this is a little fun thing I've been doing. A lot of times during worship, when it gets really saucy, I'll just lean in. When, when it sounds like there's more voices than there are people, oftentimes that's the angels joining with us in worship. And if you just listen with your spirit ear, you can hear them. But I heard somebody say, we were talking about when we hear angels, and uh, somebody said, oh, I, I always hear angels when somebody gets saved. I hear the party that they throw. Because the scripture says that when one sinner turns to the Lord, all of heaven stops and parties. Come on, I think we should help heaven be a continual party. But I also think every time somebody gets saved, we ought to just lean in to see if we can hear the party that's going on and match the sound of heaven with the sound of earth. So thanks for celebrating that. But also, if your heart's just crying out today, if there was a sense of awakening inside of you, if there was a sense that the word of God was more than words, but it was spirit and it was life, it was power, it was active, and you're like, Jesus... I, I want to live in the reality of my heavenly man. I want to, I, I, I haven't been doing that, right? Some of you, you, you totally are living from there, functioning from there. But if you're like, man, I, I know I'm saved. I know I'm a believer, but I don't think I've been living from my heavenly reality. And God, I repent of still acting like an infant. I repent of still just drinking milk. I, I, I repent of relating more to my humanity than to the deity of what you've done through the new creation. And Lord, I just changed my mind, changed my belief system right now. If that's you, would you just shoot your hand in the air all across this room, people that need to identify with their heavenly reality right now? And if you wanna know the specifics of that, again, Bethany gave it last night. We ask the Lord who he says we are. We read in scripture what our family looks like. And then through prophecy, we receive who we are as individuals. And then even our name is a treasure map to our identity, a roadmap to our destiny. So Father, I just release grace and the tutoring of the Holy Spirit over each one that's raising their hand right now, Lord, to come in to the authority, the favor, the influence of their heavenly identity. And we thank you again that the gospel is this big and this good in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much, you guys. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.